speaking about Ahava. Ahava, real love, real Ahava, and how difficult it is to achieve that in a world that is so focused on Chaymer, on the Guf. And how painful it is for a person to go through this world without being loved, without feeling the clear, altruistic, unconditional ahava coming loud and clear from another person. And how Bahamas nowadays, it's very rare that a person can, the person thinks deeply about it, that the other truly loves him without the cheshben revolving around himself, that other person's own interests or how that makes him feel. As we learned last week, the famous martial person who loves fish doesn't really love fish. That's If he loves fish so much, he wouldn't eat the fish. But he loves the fish because he enjoys the taste for himself. And most love nowadays most love nowadays is a matter of self-fulfillment as opposed to giving completely to the other. And still, as we're going to finish the Torah, still every one of us, every one of us, no matter what we go through in life, no matter what we go through in life, we can be mechazik ourselves to know in a very clear and simple way that regardless of what's happening in this world, in one's relationships in this world, in the world that we see with our eyes, in the world that's physical, there is an Ahavas Olam that is unbreakable, that is completely, completely without any strings attached, pure Ahava. Page Kuf Chavav, HaPisroin Tomu B'Nekuda HaMukah Shel Nishma Sa'adam. The solution to the question that we ended with last week, how is this, the question was, what's the Eitzah? How is a person supposed to contend and manage in a world that's so bereft of true, of real Ahava? So the answer to that is hidden in the Nakuda Ha'amukah Shal Nishma Sa'adam. And all that we've been learning, it's hidden in the deepest part of Nishma Sa'adam, of the Neshama. Ha'neshama Nikres Bas Hashemayim. Himen Ha'elyonim Loimen Ha'aretz. The Neshama, the Neshama is a visitor here in this physical world. It's uncomfortable, it's not its place. The Neshama really is a Bas HaShemayim. The Neshama really is Shemayim because it's a piece of Shemayim that for a brief period of time, sometimes 70, 80, 90 years, whatever it might be, the Sundan Svansik, for a certain amount of years, the Bas Shemayim inhabits the Guf, the body. But truly, it's Minha It's from the world beyond this world. Laiman Ha'arts, not from the earth. Haguf Minha The body, of course, is physical matter. Yasaid Ha'afar Minha'arts. It's made from the earth, from the Yasaid Ha'afar, the source of all sadness, the source of all pain, emptiness. But the neshama is min ha'elyayin. That's why the neshama is referred to in the Swarm in Chazal as a daughter bas ha'shamayin of heaven of shamayin. Ba'aretz anachlan in tzayim ba'olam shigiluyev shal habari muad. 
in this physical world, in the world that we see, we have very few experiences where it's clear that we're coming to contact with the Bari Island. Again, a person who's more attuned to the voice of the Bas Shemaim sees Hashem everywhere. You'll ask one person, where is God? And he says, I don't see him. The other person will say, where is he not? There isn't anywhere where I don't see him. But in this world, to the degree, to the extent that a person judges reality by what he sees with his eyes, there's very little that's obvious when it comes to God. Obviously, as you climb, as one climbs higher up above this world, then, then the presence of the Bayoilam is clearer and clearer. It's more tangible. Im Adam if a person is able to be satisfied with a little bit of love, with a piece of love, the gam he midumyanis, and there's a strong likelihood that even the little bit of love that you receive in this world, there's a very strong likelihood. Again, I was talking last week a little bit of mother's love, a father's love. <clears throat> There are relationships that are more connected to, to, to real Ahava. But beyond that, much of the experiences that are called love in this world are imagination. Our imagination and fantasy. Not very different from the person who loves fish, just much more expensive than fish, and much more involved than fish. But the question of how can I satisfy myself through that other person? There are unfortunately parents who are prepared to sacrifice their children's happiness for their own reputations and for their own images as well. It's less common. So that's fine. If you only need a little bit of a hava, and even the little bit that you receive is not real, it has a large percentage of demyanis. If that's good enough for you, then go, continue in that way, if that's good. And you could have those demyanis, and it gives you a feeling of of Chiz. But if you're a person who's seeking to live in a world of a Hava Shleima, with Emesa, Emesa, a Hava of true, of real Hava, and remember what we learned two weeks ago, Hava's Gematria Echod, everything that's truly attached, that's truly connected in the deepest way. That's where Ahava can be found. The Olam Haguf, the world of physical life, is a world of period, of refusal of of separation. When it comes to the Guf, as we spoke about at the end last week from the Tanya, when it comes to the Olam Haguf, everybody's different. Everybody's different. See, people try to find things in common. And if they have enough things in common, they speak the same language, come from this, the same place, we have uh, similar interests in music and art and literature and baseball teams and flavors of ice cream, enough similar interests so then you can get married, so you can get married. <clears throat> But the shleimus of Ahava, hein mitzad ha'eichus shabah, the hein mitzad komus hazman. The truth is, 
and this is going to be difficult to hear. The end of this parak is going to be difficult to hear. And you have to like a little bit to tighten the seat belts. We're not used to hearing these kind of things. Of course, we're, there's, a, there's a generation, and most of us are from a background where we saw lots and lots of movies and read all kinds of books, and Ahava doesn't seem that hard to come by. It's a word that's very freely used. People can know each other for an hour or two, for a week or two, whatever it might be. The word Ahava has lost a great deal of its meaning in modern times. And because most of us were raised and bred in a world that has misused and abused the meaning of Ahava, this next part, the end of the parak, is going to be pretty hard to accept. And you'll see what I'm talking about in a second. If you're looking, he says, for Ahava Shleima, both in terms of the Eichus, of the quality, Be'emes, Be'emes Ahava. V'hein mitzad komus azman, and the duration of Ahava, how long it lasts. There's probably not a person here who doesn't know or hasn't experienced Many haven't experienced, but certainly know of situations. I've seen many of them where there's a boy and a girl break up, and each one, well, one of them says, I can't go on living, I can't go on living. My life is, I'll never be able to feel this way about anybody. And then two weeks later, you know, you meet the person, you know, with somebody else. And, uh, and if you mention the last, the last, uh, uh, the last love story, she doesn't even remember his name. Who? No, it's an altimizer. An altimizer. Unless she didn't find anybody in the meantime, then she's still crashing and crying. But there's somebody else, somebody else. So, so much I have, so much I have. It doesn't list necessarily. It doesn't list. The truth is that I have the shlemus, both in terms of quality and the duration of time, it's very, very difficult, if not near impossible, to receive from other human beings. Just in reality, there is no metzias that there should be a kesha, the guf, in the physical body, that there should be an attachment to somebody that can't be built to Yemach, that can't be erased. Safkal Safkal, Anu Nivrayim, Lamaisa, we were created in this world, and as, and as human beings who are Nivrayim, we don't live forever. Shiyesh B'nei Nituk, in Nivrayim, Nivroim, meaning those who are created, are dependent upon the physical, the, the physical circumstances of life. Work keeps people apart. As much as they love each other, he has to go to work. She has to go to work. He stays, she goes to whatever it might be. It comes to how long one lives, the other one lives. All of these questions are not up to us. But one thing is clear, that as long as a human being is in this world of the guf, the ahava is uncertain as far as the conditions of life allowing it to even thrive or to be, or to continue. Even if it's the most beautiful relationship, as he says, I feel zug ahava, even a couple, with this tremendous love, husband and wife, with this great love. The Klal Usually, one passes away, and the other one lives for some time. They don't die simultaneously, unless God forbid there's an accident or something. Otherwise, one has to live without the other. 
Ultimately, they're separated. And even if they live together until the final day, and they die, who knows for sure? Who has learned this sugya properly in the Shara Gilgulam and other Svamakadoshim? It's not so poshit. Who says that you're going to be after this world together? And even while they were in this world, were they together the whole time? They weren't together the whole time, as I said. Each one is busy with different things. It's not possible. It's not possible. You have a, one, of the, one of the sure ways to make sure that the romance will end is if the guy loses his job and he's hanging around the house the whole time. Not just because of the, not just because of the problem with Panosa, even if there's a lot of money, and they don't need a Panosa. It's a very bad thing. You have now, you have a lot of guys that are able to work at home these days because of the computer. They don't have to go to some office. It's putting a tremendous strain on Shalom Bayes. Guy hangs around the house too much. He starts getting in, getting in the way and taking, looking at what's going on too much and getting involved. So much Ahava. They're inseparable. They can't be put, but by the end of a week or two, they understand that if they want this relationship to continue, they better go a little bit apart. It's not so posh. If the Ahava was one million percent, that couldn't be. It couldn't be. They wouldn't be to be apart. It's the most painful thing in the world. Even for a minute. When Ahava is Mishleimus. That's not how it is in this world. Not to say they don't care for each other. Not to say they don't love each other. And you could say, in the, under the nice, these nice circumstances, that I, I, we love each other. That's nice. But the Mitzvah is that they're not together all the time. And not only are they not together all the time while they're alive, they often prefer to be in different places as much as they care for each other. As much as they care for each other. She likes to go do her things with her friends sometimes, to go with her children, to do certain things. And he's not interested in that. And you know, she, he goes and he, she's not interested in that. And you know, it's okay. That's normal. But there's no such thing that two people, are every single second of their lives, bound together. No, even Haguf, there's no such thing. There's no such thing. Except you have this strange messias of the Siamese twins. But most of them, I don't think, are able to live for so long. I don't know how many of them actually, they tried to separate them. And, and even then, who's to say that they care for each other? I don't know how it is with that. It's a strange Indian, I don't know. And the Gemara talks about it. It's a strange Indian. Therefore, if a person wants to be able to receive the deepest, innermost love, a love that doesn't depend upon times of the month, times of the year, the, the years of one's life, where a person is at any time of the day or of the night, and ahava pnimis, what they say in the world now, 24, I actually mixed up with that, but 24 7. To have such an ahava b'shleimus and that every single second is b'shleimus. The only place you can get that is from the world that's beyond the guf. That's from the world that doesn't depend upon physical presence. El mehani that could come only from the deepest part of who the person is, the ha'ani ha'atzmi shalai, that we've been learning about. Ha'ani ha'atzmi, k'moyesh ha'kvah, huskepamim rabbis, as we learned many times in the Sefer, that inner, inner ani, that's the neshama. That's the premise of the entire Sefer, that's what we've been learning from the beginning. That's the neshama. Imhu mechape zihu yishalahava b'guf, for those who are looking for absolute ahava, in the world of the guf, and who isn't looking for that? Because everybody is looking for that. Shazu hatoz hanorois, which itself is a terrible mistake that causes unbelievable frustration and aggravation. 
particularly in our generation, it's unusually shallow and superficial. Unusually shallow. Again, he's not in any way suggesting that two people not try and that one doesn't work. And the whole Sefer just came out now. It's just it's in the swarm stores. It should be coming out a day or two on Da as Beischa on the relationship between husband and wife. And even the end of the Sefer, the end of this Sefer begins that subject of the relationship between husband and wife. Of course, as much as possible to cultivate that. And even that, as we learn, can only be truly developed when a person enters more deeply, more deeply into the world of the Nishama. And as he says here a little bit further before we end this parrot, that there is such a thing as true friends. Where, the nish- where one Nishama meets up with another Nishama, there is such a thing. But the expectations of true love in a world that is shallow, superficial, that's defined by physical reality, those expectations have caused a tremendous amount of disappointment, pain, frustration, and even death. People kill for these, these Nishamas. People kill, people die. Hulayim says ice. You won't find it really. The goof is mostly selfish. The goof is mostly is mostly infatuated with itself. It's concerned with it. Rubaira. Ra is Miloshan Raua. Ra is connected to the word Raua. Raua means something which is shaky. Raua. Shaky, unsteady, unstable, uncertain, unclear. The Russian period, separation. Ein chibu amiti beguf. There is no chibu amiti. There is no absolute binding or bonding in the world of the guf. Remember, Ahava is the Gematria Echad, one. In the world of the Guf, you could say to the other person, I love you, I love you, I love you. But self goes self, they're two different people. And one can live without the other. And one does live without the other, even if they're both healthy and well. He goes and she goes. They're not inseparable. Again, taking all of the silly things that, you know, from the movies out of this, they're not inseparable. He goes to work every day. She goes, she goes to take care of the children. She goes to work, whatever she does. No, they're not inseparable. When they get back together, they come home, they say, Oi, Mamish, inseparable. I'll see you tomorrow. But they're not inseparable. It's inseparable. These are the shyness that they use if inseparable. This is from Hallmark, you understand? It's not inseparable. It's inseparable. Because ain't chiba miti Bodies are separate to begin with. Even though there's a yichud between a husband and a wife, which is a high level of connection, it's true. Sof kosof, they're two independent people. They're two separate people. Remember, they had, I was with a, a, a situation where there was a second marriage. The first, the first wife had passed away many, many years ago. And, he, and this fellow that I know was married to his second wife for many more years than the first wife. And, uh, and he left in his savo that he wants to be married with the first wife. What? He wants to be left with the, with the wife that he was first married to. The one that he was married to for a relatively short time. And the second wife, I don't remember how the whole thing came out, it's not something you should talk about, Shabbos. But it came out, and the second wife didn't understand. I'm, I, I, we're married for 35 years. You were married for six, seven years to that person. And, and, and you want to be buried next to that person. These are very, very uncomfortable situations. Usually just say, why don't you just you know, toss a quarter or something. <laughs> Start messing with these situations. So that he says, I felt, you know, so between me and him, he was telling me, the Eskashus of the Neshama was stronger, I felt, with my first wife. I'm, I'm living with her for, for 30, 40 years. I don't know what. 
In his kashrus was strong. It's, it's very insulting. I'm not, okay, but these things are written up in the Swan. It's not. This is. This, this is not left up to imagination. We have mahalchim in the Swan Hakadoshim. We have to deal with these situations, which we spoke about a little bit. <coughs> but the Olam Haguf is a place of period of separation. Ain chibur amiti beguf. Well, kam kizadav is a chibur rigi. It's a temporary, momentary connection. With the guf, even the highest yichud that could be in the Olam HaGuf between a husband and a wife, the intimacy of a husband and a wife is also, it's, it's, a, it's, not, it's, it's a moment. And, and beyond that, mostly, and even that, it's, much of it is with dimyoin, it's with fantasy and thinking. Chibur amiti shayach rak True chibur, inseparability, is the is a word that can only be used regarding the neshama. The world of the guf, by definition, is disposable, dispensable. It ends. Therefore, any chibur that there is under the chuppah, we spoke about this a few times over the years. Under the chuppah, even though now the minig is that they start singing in Meshkachei Yushalayim, and certainly it's connected to remembering the churban as it's brought down in the swarm. But one of the one of the explanations that we find is also that the breaking of the glass by the chuppah is, is uh, even though it might seem out of place, it's a way of remembering that this too is not forever. This too is not forever. And to make good use of the time that we have in this world with each other, because it's not forever. And, and, and just, as this, just as this glass is fragile and is, is easily broken, so too when it comes to life, it's not forever. The only chibu that's forever, and the only chibu that's a chibu amiti b'shleimus mamish, is mitzad neshom. A person's neshama is the actual self. It's the etzem ha'ani. It's who the person is. And it's clean. Tahira, pure. Therefore, the neshama is not caught up in any of the narishkeit of the guf that separates. The neshama doesn't have any of those cheshbonis. The neshama doesn't. The neshama has no inyan that that this person said this and that one did that. As we learned last week, mitzad the neshama. That's what the Tanya. Remember, at the end of last week, I was explaining in Perak Lamed Beis, the Tanya says that the halfly rahakamaycha. Is that the kladadal of the Torah of the whole Torah of Kol Torah Kula Because all of the avoid of Torah mitzvahs is to come to that point where the neshama is mezgabalah guf. Because because as far as the ilam haguf is concerned, there's separation, there's division. The neshama alone is capable of truly loving and feeling. Completely loved. Only the Nisham is, is able to feel that. And is able to give that. Without any, without any hope for personal selfish gain. Da'ilam Haguf, as we learned, is Rubai Ra. It's a place of Ra. The world, Da'ilam Hagashmi. Selfishness. And even in the nicest people. That's the nature of this world. But the Olam HaNeshama, Elokai Neshama Shinesatavi Tohoirehi. It means it's Nekiya Mikol Pniya Ishis. It's totally clean. Totally pure. There's no, there's, there's no ulterior motive when it comes to the Neshama. There's no ulterior motive. The gamla kabbala havamitis. And so too when it comes to receiving a havamitis. There are many, many people in this world of the guf who have difficulty 
accepting love. Not just giving love, but accepting love. Because they look at themselves as unworthy of someone else's love. They don't feel that they're worthy of someone else's love. You've met people like that, I've met people like that. That they don't feel worthy of another person's love. And because of that, they have a way of sabotaging their relationships with other people. There are people like that. They'll sabotage their relationships with other people. People that they like. People that, people that they even love. And why will they sabotage such a relationship? Why will they destroy that relationship? Why would you do that? You really like that person. You said to me you love that person. Why are you saying everything that's wrong? Why are you doing everything to mess up that relationship? The people that are dating. And, and, and one will say to me, and he says to me, I love her. I love this girl. She's great. But every single thing that you're doing is wrong. And if you're trying to win this girl's hand in marriage, and you're trying to win her heart, everything that you're doing is wrong. And the terrorist says, he knows. So then why are you doing it? So if you dig deep, if you dig deep enough, the answer is, why should a person like that want to marry somebody like me? I'm not worthy of that person's love. So it's not just a matter of giving love. It's a matter of receiving love. There are people who can't receive love. There are people for whom it's very difficult to receive love, especially people who come from homes where they didn't feel loved. <clears throat> As they grow up, it's a big, big avoid to be open to love, not just to give love. That's also a mucham. But to even be loved. So you would say, what do you mean? It's the most gewaltige thing to be loved. Why would anybody resist being loved? That's kesevi. You see this all the time. Anybody that's in, in the anybody that's in that profession of mental health knows that this is a big part of what people suffer from. Not being able to be loved. And they'll scream, I want love more than anything in the world. You, I, I'm desperate. I want to be loved. So why do you do everything to be to make yourself unlovable? If you had to like look, if you had to write a book on how to mess up a relationship, you like you'd be the author of such a book to mess up. Why do you do that? Why do you do that? Why, why can't you be like? Why can't you be a little bit nicer? You see a husband and wife. So the wife is crying. Well, a little bit more warmth, a little bit more affection, a little bit something. So you ask the guy. So why did you do that? Why don't you do that? You don't love your wife? I love my wife. So, so say a couple of, even if you don't think like that, even if it's not, say a couple of words. What's the big deal? It's strange. It's, so then it looks like he's not able to give love. It's not so much. That's true. But he's also afraid of the consequences of receiving love that he might not feel worthy of. He might, that might make him very uncomfortable. It's complicated. People are complicated. Da'ilam ha'guf. Da'ilam ha'guf is rubai ra. Rubai ra. It's complicated. Da'ilam ha'neshama is pashat. To give love and to receive love. It's kishmak. There's nothing in the way. <coughs> Haven't you met couples that they, each one says, I love her, I love him, but they're killing each other for 50 years. How do you, this is not the craziest thing in the world. So he asks, so you love him? She says, yes. You love her? He says, yes. So why do you kill each other? Why do you, why you act this way with each other? He used up my whole can of the argument. She used my whole roll of toilet paper. No, this is... That's, that's what it is. If you really love someone, so you, so you go and get another can of the argument. People who can't receive and can't give love and they're afraid of the consequences of what that would mean to leave themselves open for that and to give entirely of themselves to somebody else because the Ilam HaGuf is, is a pathetic world. The Ilam HaNeshama is It's clean. The neshama doesn't have any ulterior motive. It doesn't. It's not afraid of loving. It's not afraid of being loved. Which again, you would say, what's so hard to receive love? What do you mean it's so hard? 
Kolzman Shodam Chaim Zihoi Shelguf. As long as a person identifies himself with his body, again, that doesn't mean you're not smart, it doesn't mean you don't talk spiritual things and you can't close your eyes and listen to Shlomo Kalabah, all of that's included. But Kolzman Shodam Chaim Zihoi Shelguf, Im Zihoi Shelchaim, Chosalei Ba'ilam Hargoshes Chosim Amoshim. Your feelings cannot really be trusted. If you're living in the Eidam HaGuf, again, I love fish. Who <laughs> loves fish? You're expressing a very, very deep feeling for fish. It just means you enjoy a piece of fish. You don't love fish. <laughs> a person who's bound to the Eidam HaGuf is incapable of experiencing real love. Incapable of it. As we learned earlier in the Sefer, two prokim ago, as we learned that if a person is having difficulty in his relationships with people, there are people who are hurting him, and as a result of that, he's feeling anger, he's feeling negative feelings towards the other. So we learned, so one, we learned that a very effective way of dealing with that is to temporarily cut the cord, to step back from that relationship. But that's not going to give you a feeling of love. That's just a way of protecting yourself from sorrows. That's not a way of that's not a way of, of, of achieving a madrega vahav. It's just a way of, of getting out of getting out of an uncomfortable, painful situation that's bringing out bad stuff in you. So you so you're able to go into that world. You retreat into the world again temporarily. You go into the world of levad, levad. But that's not going to give you a hava. And remember, as we learned last week, where there's no ahava, there's no chaim, one's not really alive. Because life, life, is that chibur of echad. Remember, that if God forbid a person's in an accident, his hands here, his head's there, his nose is here, it's all over the place. Life means mechubar, when everything is attached and together. So, Life depends on Ahava. So you can have a person that's been too hurt by his friends and by his family, so he goes off, he goes off to, to live by himself, you know, in the mountains somewhere in a cave. He might still be able to live with the memory of his mother's love, as we spoke about last week. Or if he believes in God, the belief that God loves him. But were he to come to the conclusion that there's no, that there isn't anything, he couldn't live. A person needs a makar, a source of chiyas of life. Makar hachiyas shel ha'adam, the source of one's chiyas of one's life. Which is the Nakuda of Ahava, of love, of Chibur, of Echad. Maschil Rak Minakudas Nishmasa. That can only begin with the Nakuda of the Nisham. Isn't it ironic? The author of this Sefer is an extremely religious person. He's a very Orthodox Jew. And. Yiddishkeit to the outside world would seem to be something that is not interested in true love. The entire world is obsessed with love. The irony of that is that the entire world is incapable of love. Incapable of love. Because Ahava Shlema is only something that's possible with the Nisham. So everybody that's running around screaming Ahava, Ahava, love, love, you don't even have to be now an amkin. You have to be a deep person to see what that ahava is. What the ahava is in the world. What everybody's ahava. Yiddishkeit is not anti-romantic at all. What we're learning now is the most romantic thing on earth. The ends. And I'm not using that word in a, word, in a way that's, that has been dirtied by the world. The ends. The ends. It begins from the Nakuda of the Nisham. 
So chibu ruchni, when there's a ruchni, stick a chibu between people. And ultimately, the highest chibu, of course, is with the Bari Island. Chibur ruchni shayach b'shnei oifanim. A chibur of two spirits, of ruchnis, is only possible in two oifanim, two ways. Oish adam nivgash im oid adam hamizayas atzmoik in the shama. Shemulbash aleh This is possible. When you meet somebody, there's an ahav like David and Yonason, where there are two people who each one, each one has not only learned Das Atzmacha, but lives every minute of his life in that world of Das Atzmacha. Each one identifies himself as a neshama, as a neshama, that's the ani, that's melubash, that's enclosed in the guf. And as a result of that, the two people can have a kesher. Again, they can't be with each other all the time, and they can't. And, and one lives, outlives the other. So it's not, it's not something that could equal the love to, of the Bari Island. But still, there can be two people like David and Yonason, where the ahav is nahava amitis itzad neshama, that's the Madrega of Ahavish and Atliyabadovich, where Schwartz speaks a lot about, and Chelek Beis in particular, Midovavi Chelek Beis. Ahavish and Atliyabadovich. It's a very big Madrega, Ahavish and Atliyabadovich. That's Davinyanis. A love that doesn't depend upon anything outside of the Nishamna. There are no ulterior motives, no angles, no gimmicks, no shtick. Not what's what, not what not what's in it for me. Pure ahava. Again, since it's an ilam haguf, it can't be entirely pure, but as close as you can get. Vazui ahava shem tlui b'dava, ene tlui b'gufanius, b'chaymer, ahava pnimus. Maybe it's such a thing. Ahava pnimus. Many times over the years, I've spoken about this many times, but having spent years teaching in high school, and I taught Bachim in high school, and I taught girls in high school, and then dealing with that um, very common situation of boys meeting girls, that that happens somehow. It's amazing, but it's somehow it happens. So even if you put up all kinds of walls and barriers, it's, it's unbelievable. It happens. So, they go out once or twice, and uh, and they're ready to deburim. The words of Ahava are flowing freely from the mouth, how each one loves the other one. And it starts to get complicated, and these are chavah that are not behaving in a nice way necessarily. So, one of the things that, one of the prescriptions to the confused young ladies that I would commonly give was, <clears throat> tell, tell your boyfriend, tell your boyfriend, tell him you, you love him, you love him, you tell that's fine, tell him you love him. He, he said that to you, you said to him, you, how many times he said? 12,000 in the first two, that's okay. <laughs> he said to you, you said to him, that's okay. But tell him like this, just tell him a simple thing. Say, I, I love you with all my heart, but that's it, just with my heart. From now on, we're not to go within five feet of each other. You can't touch me, you can't go near each other. And then you will find out within an hour or two about whether he really loves you. It's not a complicated prescription. And how many times the girls at Sebrachen, he got all angry, he's upset. And if it's a more, if it's a, if it's a more patient guy, so he figures he's just having some kind of an Indian right now, Maybe some rabbi got to her and there's a problem. But, but give it a, you know, he's a patient guy. He'll work out, it'll take some time. We'll get to give it a, give her a couple, of, a couple of times and she'll weaken and so on. But if she, the Emes Bemis, gets that message across, the Bishum Oifen, you're not to come near me physically. Ois Ahava. Ooh, it's the end of Romeo and Juliet. 
And she says, but I thought, I thought that the connection between us was from the neshama. You always said to me from when we first met that you believed that we were together before my sagracious. You remember you said that to me? <laughs> that, we, that you know me since before creation? You remember you told it to me? So to the best of my knowledge, before creation, there, there was only neshamas. So it means, and you said to me that you think that, we're, that it's a zivig from Shemayim, you know, the guys sometimes use religious things too. And it's from Shemayim, and that our neshamas have this deep connection, that they have such an attachment. So then, then all I'm saying to you is that I, like, I, I prefer to return to a relationship of neshama. Just to the original relationship before my celebrations. Before there was such a thing as, as a goof. So let's go back to the original thing, to the Eilam HaNeshamas. We're just going to talk one Neshama to the other. Oisahav. Not only that, if she shows up the next day without any makeup and a little bit unkempt, that could be Oisahava too. What happened to, what happened to the Ahav? The Ahav is an Ahav, it's an Ahav. It's an Ahav. It's when he felt that he benefited from that, so then he was able to say any Lashonis of Ahav. But the moment that he realizes that the game is over and she's serious and that the Olam HaGuf is finished and she's now asking for something on a level of Neshama, he just goes looking for the next Guf. Man is a predator by nature. And he goes looking for the next Guf. The next Guf, the next Jewish Guf that went to seminary or something. But the next Guf, whatever, the, whatever his requirements are for the next conquest, but that's how it is. And those who, are, those who are familiar with that world know, I'm not really exaggerating much. I'm playing a little bit, but not, it's not really an exaggeration. Sometimes, however, two people can meet. There is such an Indian. David and Yonis and Yaakov and Rachel, there is such an Indian. And there is another possibility. So there is such a thing that for a brief time in this world the two people can experience a taste of it, not completely. But there is another relationship that every moment of life, each and every one of us can live with. And it's much deeper. It's not saying that you should leave your wife, or you leave your friends, get along with everybody, love your, love your family, love your friends the best that you can. But there's one, there's the only one. The creator of the world. It's an eternal love. Ahav she'en lahevsek, it's an ahav that never ends. No matter what you did, it's an ahav that doesn't end. It's an ahav that doesn't change, that the eiches of the kamas, it's ahav is oilam ahavtiv. Al-kein, that ahav, mishachtiv chesed. Ha-horam yemushva ha-gevois tamlutana, all the mountains of the world can be uprooted, and the hilltops and the hills can be crushed. The Bhagavad says, but my love for you will never end. My love for you will never end. We just think that it does, but it doesn't. Misha Chaim, Mitzias Hashem Bilavavoy, a person who lives the emiss of the Mitzias of Hashem in his heart, with, with Hashem in his, with Hashem's presence, feeling it, the Nisham, who margish is a havaklape by Eilam, who feels that love for Akadosh Baruch Hu, Harisha Kemaim Hapanim Alapanim. We know the way that you see your reflection on the water. That's, that's how you feel is how it's reflected back. You should know that the Bari Eilam feels that way to you every second. Infinitely deeper, infinitely more. That person who knows that, who lives with that, is never ever by himself. Ever. Never by himself. Anywhere in life. He's never by himself. He is always loved. He is always wanted. There's always someone who's yearning and longing for him. As long as a person, as long as a person doesn't 
doesn't have ahava. He feels empty, chalal, like a vacuum. Moshlam ha'davadoyme. You know that a house, that, if, a, if there's a house that no one's living there for a year or two, what happens to the house? Many invited guests begin to show up in a house if the house is, if the house is uninhabited for a year or two. Don't stop off in the house next door over there. If, a, if no one's living in the house for a year or two, then there are all kinds of funny things come into that house. If a heart of a Jew is empty, it's not, if it's not filled with ahava amitis, with feeling that love that never changes, and feeling the love that comes from the one whose, whose feelings towards us never changes, then there could be all kinds of strange visitors in that heart. Negative feelings. Jealousy, loving the wrong people, getting yourself into bad relationships, <clears throat> jealousy, hatred, smallness, all kinds of all kinds of bugs, cockroaches, mice, rats crawl into the heart that doesn't have true ahava in it. It's not, it's not possible that one should spend his entire life only trying to remove the negative feelings, to get rid, to get rid of the bugs and the roaches, but not to have a place that you live in that's real, that's, you, that's, that's filled with ahava. Just trying to knock off this bug and that, this bad emotion, this anger, this hatred. But the heart itself, you have nothing to replace it with. You have, no, you have nothing positive, you have nothing warm and beautiful and loving to replace, to fill your heart with every second of your life. So all kinds of funny emotions creep into the heart that's vacated. All the aces that we were talking about earlier, how to try to get rid of the negative feelings towards others and towards yourself. It's not not just to get rid of the bad feelings. It only works when at the same time you're building a world of good feelings. You're building a beautiful world of strong, positive, good feelings. A world of Ahava. If all you're doing is trying to get rid of this bad media, that bad media, you're trying to go after the, all these bad things inside of yourself. But you're not being you're not at the same time you're not being the Gala Mikhan Shama that I have for the Bayulam to love him and to feel his love every second. It's like someone who's trying to go with sticks to chase the darkness out of a room but there's no light. You're just going your whole life chasing this I'm chasing now sadness. I'm chasing now laziness. I'm chasing now lush and horror. I'm chasing anger. I'm chasing all these roaches and mice and rats and all these bad things. I'm chasing this. I'm chasing that. But there's no ahava. And, 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 if, and if you open up the blinds and ahava comes pouring in, then in Mela, half of the things anyway run out. And, and the rest, then you have the koichis, the will, the desire, the excitement, the interest, the cheshik to, to get rid of all the things that don't belong. But the problem with us is that day after day, year after year, trying to fix this media, trying to fix that media, you plug up one, then it comes someplace else. And going running around like this, and there's no ahava, there's no cheshek. In order to repair the world of emotions that we're now talking about, to drive out all that's bad, to reveal all that's good, it goes back to the to the Nekudah Pnimis of the entire Sefer. It only comes with Gili HaNesham and Gili HaNesham. Which the avoid of all the Surah Makadayashim. We're going to be starting the Shaman in the morning Tanya. The whole Tanya is in this Nekudah of Gili HaNesham. Gili HaPnimis. Legalus is Ahargosha. Legalus. I mean, Kaychal is like it's Chalke Haroya. To drive out with the Kaychal of the Neshama. 
when a person opens himself up to the, to the neshama, then he has unbelievable energy and voltage and power and strength to drive out all the chelke haray, all the bad stuff. I, must, I know it's very late, and people still have to have Malachim Alka. I'll take another minute, just I want to share with you something that I, that I saw at Erev Shabbos. And, and I was very moved by it. It's not, not really time to, to, to do it properly. I'll just say Mamish a minute. I saw in a Seifi here about a Yid, there's a Seifi Chassid Vyashe, it's about a Tzaddik, a Shmuel Yitzhak Bornstein. No. So this, this, this of Shmuel Yitzhak was in Auschwitz. And when he got there, right away, they separated them. They, and that, that day, they took his, his wife and his mother and their children, and they put them into the crematory. They were, the day that they got there, they weren't well, they weren't strong enough, whatever, and they, they took them right away and they killed them. And he was by himself, the Shmuel Yitzchak. And, uh, and then, the, then the Germans began to work on him with the other new arrivals. Uh, his beard and his pace were torn off. He was given his shmatas and his life. It goes through the whole thing with how the beatings and the dehumanization and the degradation, the chulu, the chulu, the chulu, that all of us have read and all of us had nightmares about, and so on. And this Shumar Yitzhak said, wrote in this thing that, that, he, that he, he felt that there's no more pathetic creature on earth than himself. He couldn't live. He was by himself in the world. His entire family was killed. And, that, and this is what he was going through, this busyness. And then it says, Achla Pesa, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he felt a fire burning inside of him. He described this. <clears throat> and he closed his eyes, but Vegas. And he began to cry and cry. And he said that, he said that the most shaitfasal ponavalay, the matzah, the tears were washing. He couldn't control the crying. And then all of a sudden, he said, he said, he said this out loud. I mean, he said, I get, I'm sure whatever was in Yiddish, but in the safe, he says, Va'ani, he says, Ani Shmuel Yitzchak ben Saraleyah. I, Shmuel Yitzchak ben Saraleyah. Listen to this. Ma'avtiyach l'cha, I promise you, Rabbi Yishlohan, ki esha'er ne'aman l'cha, I'm going to remain faithful to you. L'cha v'rach l'cha, to you and only to you. Rabbi Yishlohan, ba yishayali u'mishpacha. I had a home. I had a family. Va'ahava ha'isali. And I had great love in my, in my life. V'kir v'ha'isali, in closeness with these people. Achshav. Now, everything's been torn from me. Even my, even my clothing has been taken away from me. And now my creator, you're the only one that's left me. It's only you, nothing else. And then he calls you, I have no connection with anything, only you. As I call him, you see, Rabbi Yisrael, everything they can take away from me. They did. As Rechushi, as Begodai, as Ishti, as Lodai, my belongings, my clothing, my wife, my children. My father, from my heart, they can't take you away from my heart. And it says then afterwards, he says, Hukal Oid Regat Kat. And he says, He began to dance. He began to dance by himself. With the Rebbein Then he goes on to say, he survived the war. And many years later he said, he married again and he had children. And he told the children, I mean, he, he, he told the children many years later, from the second, he said, that was the most joyous moment of my entire life. To understand such a thing. Mela to say that he was able to pull himself together, this we can understand. But that he said is the most joyous moment of his life. To understand those words, that's only after what we just learned. But the most joyous moment of life, joyous. When the, when the whole Olam HaChemer was torn from him. When everything in the world was broken and shattered. And he came to that clear realization that it's only you, Barir. It's only you, Barishan. That's it. I have only you. And they did that dance together in Auschwitz. He said, that was the most joyous moment of my life. Hashem's book should help us that we should have that dance in nice, sweet, air-conditioned, 
the heated homes, shuls, not God forbid in places like that, that we should be zayich abez Hashem, we should be zayich to taste something of Shmuel Yitzchak's ahava, the ahava's ilam ahavti, and that's a machshav abez Hashem to bring us into the into the better times of the year, to the times of Gula, abez Hashem, we should be zayich abez Hashem, and have you made it, amen.